It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Locked On Wizards, it's game day. So, of course, first we have to preview the Wizards-Suns matchup in their first game of the NBA restart. And then Tony Cotillo, host of Pete Ratio Sports, is back on the show to join me in discussing what we've seen from the Wizards so far in their preseason for the NBA bubble. And then also a deeper dive into what's been going on in Philly with the Sixers, who the Wizards match up with on August 5th. Catch all those details right here on Locked on Wizards. Welcome back to Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and it's game day. The Wizards finally have their first official game of the NBA restart, taking on the Suns. So we've, of course, got to preview that. But how about day one of the NBA? So much excitement around the Jazz knocking off the Pelicans and the Lakers winning the Battle of L.A. against the Clippers. I applaud the NBA for the messages and setup in their return. The restart has been very special as we're watching this historic moment in sports. Specifically, one thing that stood out to me, aside from the pregame messages that we saw, also the Nike commercial. Can't stop us. It gave me chills. So I'm excited to see what the league continues to do as we progress to these 88 games, now 86 games through the rest of the NBA restart leading up to playoffs. The Wizards get their first game of the eight, started today versus the Phoenix Suns, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Two teams each at the bottom of their conference. And for the Wizards, of course, needing to force a play-in game against either the Magic or the Nets, the last time these two teams played each other, the Wizards won by eight, 140 to 132, November 27th. Bradley Beal led the Wizards with 35, Thomas Bryant 23 points, and Ishmith 21 points. And Wizards big man Thomas Bryant shared what he's looking to personally bring and show the basketball world. Me personally, it's just going out there and showing everyone, myself, the team, and the world that I can still be a dominant big man and that I still am that dominant big man that the Wizards had, you know, before I got paid or anything else. And showing that I can be here for this team, do whatever it takes for us to win. Now, in this matchup, there are definitely some players to watch on both ends of the floor. For the Wizards specifically, Rui Hachimura, who's been st- stepping up as the leading scorer, led the Wizards in points throughout the first three scrimmages. 
Isak Bonga, of course, someone that's been a constant name that we've been discussing as he's been impressive in his return to the NBA restart. We saw him notch a double-double against the Clippers. Troy Brown Jr., who we know missed the scrimmage against the Clippers with a sprained thumb, averaged 12.7 rebounds, four assists in the two scrimmages he did play in. And also a player to watch, Thomas Bryant, of course, the big man, as we mentioned, who's looking to show that he is still the big man worth of the contract he was offered and worthy of being one of the leading players on both ends of the floor for this Wizards team. Now, looking at the defensive matchups, against the Suns, Brian and Mo Wagner are going to be challenged early, slowing down DeAndre Ayton, the 2018 number one overall pick and one of the best young big men in the league. Also, we have to look at who's going to slow down all-star guard Devin Booker, the biggest, most important player, averaged just over 26 points, the 10th highest in the league, and 6.6 assists per game prior to the NBA pause. Booker is definitely going to be the most dangerous player on the floor for the Suns and someone that the Wizards are going to have to keep an eye out for. And head coach Scott Brooks mentioned that Booker is, quote, one of the best scorers in the league. He's a problem. And we're going to have to do it by committee. Like every great player, we're going to try to throw different things at him. Don't give him the daily diet of the same thing. He can score from the three-point line. He can score around the basket. He can score at the free throw line. He can score in transition and in the half court. And that's one of the most impressive parts of Booker's game is his versatility and his ability to score from literally anywhere, which, making, which makes him the biggest threat, of course, for the Suns that the Wizards are going to have to watch out for. The Suns do have some injuries. Former Wizards player Kelly Oubre Jr. is listed out dealing with a meniscus injury. Originally, he was actually listed as being out for the rest of the season, but head coach Monty Williams and Oubre have been optimistic that he may be able to return during the NBA restart. Now, Head coach Williams has been providing updates on Oubre, what he was doing in practice, how he's making out, but declined to really comment on the future of Oubre for this season specifically. We know he had surgery in early March on his meniscus and has been rehabbing throughout this pause and during quarantine, and we're really not sure when he's going to return. But in speaking with the media, Oubre did say that he, quote, feels fine and that it's up to the staff to decide when and if he can play. So what we do know is he's out for today's game versus the Wizards. They do have some other players that are, are not going to be playing. Jalen LeCue, who is quarantining after arriving in Orlando, he returned late to the bubble due to personal reasons. Dario Saric is someone that probably will be playing. He did injure his left ankle in Tuesday's scrimmage, but not on the initial injury report. So we'll see as we get closer to game time whether or not he's in for the Suns. And Aaron Baines, who tested positive for COVID-19 just over one month ago, he is back practicing with the team after having to, of course, first quarantine and test negative. But he's now working to get his conditioning back and practice with the team for the first time on Thursday. So he will not be ready to go for the scrimmage against the Wizards. As we've talked about many times, this is an opportunity. That's that key buzzword for this young Wizards team, an opportunity to show what they can do. Many have coined them a bona fide G League team right now without Bradley Beal, Davis Bertans, and John Wall. It's a group of hungry, young, ambitious players that are looking to prove what they can bring to the floor. And it starts against the Suns, 4 p.m. Eastern time, as they tip off bottom of the conference for the East versus bottom of the conference for the West in this NBA restart, I should say, at number nine for the Wizards and number 13 for the Suns. And we'll see exactly how this plays out. The first of eight games to really see what the Wizards can do. Of course, scrimmages have been eye-opening in themselves, but as we saw in Thursday's games, once it's officially game time, it's preseason's over. These teams are hitting the floor, ready to go. 
and everyone has something to play for, whether it's a play-in game, like we're seeing with the Suns and the Wizards, or it's for seeding, or even just to prepare to be in. Everybody is preparing for something, whether it's a play-in game like the Wizards and the Suns, seeding, or even just trying to prepare to make sure that once playoffs do come around, your team is hitting stride in rhythm and ready to go. So I hope you guys are excited. As mentioned, day one was everything we could have imagined and more. Day two with a number of games across the league. Of course, the Wizards taking on the Suns. But looking at other games across the league, the Magic play the Nets starting 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Grizzlies versus Trailblazers, also 4 p.m. same time. Tip-off as the Suns-Wizards. We've got the Boston Celtics taking on the Milwaukee Bucks at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Sacramento Kings versus the Spurs and the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets closing out the night, taking on the Dallas Mavericks. That's a 9 p.m. tip-off. Six games today, and I don't know about you guys, but I am ready. So coming up, Tony Cotillo is back on the show as we take a look at what we've seen from the Wizards in their first three scrimmages and early weeks of the NBA restart, and also a deeper dive into the Sixers, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Brett Brown, and much more here on Locked On Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back again here on Locked on Wizards for day two as we continue to preview the NBA restart. We've got Tony Cotillo of many different pieces of content. He's a host of Heat Ratio Sports. You can check him out on Fox Sports. The, The Gambler, he's everywhere, and he's here on Locked on Wizards. We had a chance to dive into the NBA restart yesterday as we were tipping off the start of the official games. And back again is Tony. Tony, welcome back to Locked on Wizards. Oh, Thanks for having me, Renee. Enjoy being on the show. Yes, I'm happy to have you here. Now, we had a chance to take a deeper dive into the league as a whole, but I want to get into specifically around the Eastern Conference. You follow the, the Sixers. as, Of course, we're on the Wizards show. Definitely curious to know your initial thoughts on the Wizards after having had a chance to see them across the preseason period, as we'll call it, and as we've been calling it, of yeah. the bubble, three scrimmages, a few weeks of training, and your thoughts on the Wizards so far. I'm just, uh, you know, the first thing I would say about the Wizards is I'm just disappointed that there's no Bradley Beal. Uh, he was one of the hottest players coming in, you know, into the pause. And it's just a shame that we're not going to wa- get to watch him play. But I think, you know, I think you'll agree this is going to be a good spot for a lot of the younger guys on this team. Like, you know, watching like a Isaac Bonga, watching his growth. I mean, he he looked really good. Looks like he built up some muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Looks like he got a little stronger, which I think will be really big for that team. And then, you know, have more what what can we expect from him can he step up and be a number one option in Orlando I, I don't know but one thing we will find out about the Wizards it's what they have for when this restart is over which are going to be building blocks for the future I think that's exactly what I've been saying every day I feel like a broken record at this point because that's <laughs> the biggest and the, the most encouraging part of this for the Wizards when you look across their team and see the the amount of young players they have that are rookies or in their second year and really don't have the ex- as much experience in those in their first or second year 
you know, it's, it's an opportunity for them to really step up. And without Bradley Beal, that definitely is, was a huge hit when, when the news broke that he was opting out. And then Davis Berton's opting out. But there's still so many young players that this is a great chance for them to really step up and show what they've got. And yep. I'm definitely curious to know, you know, as we've been talking through um, the NBA postseason awards, your quick take, Bradley Beal, all NBA or not? 100% yes, absolutely. I'm a big Bradley Beal supporter, and he is 100% all NBA in my build. Thank you. <laughs> Mic <is>. drop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no uh, – listen, this guy single-handedly took over games. And and, and he like, – I, I said it earlier. He was one of, if not the hottest player besides, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook from – the time of probably January, or I would say December to March. I mean, Bradley Beal was the man. He was earned, and there were a lot of question marks about that max contract. Everybody said, oh, you know, you paid him too much. You shouldn't have given that money. He stepped up. He mm -hmm. really did. And I, I love Bradley Beal. He, he can shoot the lights out, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, averaging 30 points a game, <laughs> leading the league in scoring since January. Right. You know, a top scoring, a top leader in scoring all season. You know, why Why would he not be considered All-NBA? And especially knowing the fact that he has been leading this 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 Wizards team that's struggling, that's so young, it, it only, in my opinion, adds to his case. When you look at the way that he's – teams are focusing on him. When they're when they are coming up with their, their game plan and they're watching film, it's all around Bradley Beal. Yet, yep. whether it's one player on him or a double team, he's still averaging 30 points a game with a young Wizards team that's still learning a lot on the fly. So for that reason alone, I, I think it, you know, you can't discredit what he's done because of the fact that the Wizards are at the number nine spot right now. But it should also, it should actually be a testament to him even more as he's a top leader, scoring leader in the league and on a team that's struggling. So I, I'm not really sure where the discussion is. I mean, he wasn't an all-star player either. Another question that, yeah. and another issue that really was, made no sense to me but here we are in july and well august well it's july still i won't rush us um <laughs> here we are and in the summer and we're still having this conversation around is bradley bill all nba as we've been seeing some outlets and media personalities that have been snubbing him it doesn't but make any sense it's, to me. it's yeah, it's very frustrating, and he deserves it. It's a shame. He does. He does. And, and, and let's let's not forget, I mean, you, you brought this up on, on the previous show about each team having two superstars in order to compete, and Bradley Beal was signed under the, 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 the reason that he was going to be John Wall's counterpart. They were going to mm -hmm. be the two guys, and he had to take the entire team on his back. So, I mean, I think Wizards ownership and Wizard fans should be happy by saying, listen, this dude stepped up. How good is this team going to be? when John Wall comes back and, exactly. and Bradley Beal 2.0 is on a, is on the court at the same time. So yeah, I, I have no idea what, what, what the, you know, what, what the general media is thinking when it comes to Bradley Beal. Yeah. My biggest thing is if the wizards are able to go down, you have players like Rui Hachimura, you mentioned Isaac Bonga, you have Thomas Bryant, you Love have Thomas Troy Bryant. Brown Jr. Yeah. You have so many young players that are now going to get an opportunity to really have have to have the game in their hands. You can't defer to, to Beal right now. It's all on them. So when you get them that confidence, the reps, the experience, let's say they go down here, there's no pressure on them. 
No one is expecting them to do well. They go down, they compete for eight games. They, they just grind it out, learn, get better, as you mentioned, building blocks. Now when you add back in Bradley Beal and a healthy John Wall and Davis Bertans, it's a whole different team. And I know the discussions around trades and everything else has come up, but to me, this, this team, especially depending on how the Orlando plays out for them, could be a team that a year from now is, we're having a whole different conversation around. Especially, so, especially in the East. Especially in the East. And that's a big point. That's a, that's a great point that you bring up. They're not a Western Conference team where there's 13 teams that are still fighting <laughs> exactly. in, in the conversation for a playoff spot. This is a whole different ball game on the East. Well, let's get into another team in the East as we're talking through the conference. The Sixers. Oh. I know that's... <laughs> ah. Ah. You said, you said low management earlier, and I cringe. <laughs> so let's go. That word, I know. Sixers fans all cringe. I think there's a, a permanent twitch whenever you hear the word uh, load management as a Sixers fan. The Wizards do face the Sixers August 5th. Let's talk about them. You've been covering the Sixers. You know, let's first get into Ben Simmons. We won't even go the load management round and talk to Joel Embiid yet. Talking about Ben Simmons, he's been moved to the four. He's also been – we've been seeing him defensively be – you know, continue to play lights out, especially in the Sixers scrimmage against the Mavs as he matched up with Luka Doncic. And then offensively, we've seen some improvement with him. Still no perimeter game, but we've talked about that before as well. But still just being an offensive threat, he sees the floor so well. And then off of that, you know, he's just been playing with, with what seems like more, more comfort. He seems more comfortable in the four spot. Yeah, he does. Go figure. Go figure, right? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. And up next in our final segment of the show, we've got to continue talking Sixers, getting into more around the team, Brett Brown, Joel Embiid, and much more in our third and final segment here on Locked On Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tony Cotillo joining me here, host of Heat Ratio Sports. Let's get right back into it, Tony. What are your initial thoughts on Ben Simmons? Is, is he, do you think, the player that's going to have to be the leader of this team, especially with other players who I won't name yet because I feel like you're going to groan and, and struggle <laughs> that can't stay healthy? Is it on Ben Simmons to be the leader of this team moving forward? I think it is. And I know everybody in Philadelphia wants that leader to be Joel Embiid. But I'll tell you what, Joel Embiid is one of the most immature people you'll ever meet. So and for me to say that he would be a leader on this team, I, you know, I never understood that, you know, we bring up Jimmy Butler earlier. And for some reason, Jimmy Butler and Joel had this great relationship, but Jimmy and Ben didn't. And I didn't get that because mm-hmm. one thing I think Ben Simmons gets is a bad rep. And what I, what, what I mean by that is Ben Simmons is quiet. Ben Simmons doesn't you, – you don't hear Ben Simmons in the media and you don't see Ben Simmons popping off the papers. Ben Simmons plays – we had a guy named Allen Iverson in Philadelphia who played – Oh, every, did we? Right? Every <laughs> single game like it was his last. Ben Simmons doesn't ask to be taken out of games. Ben Simmons plays with heart. 
He does. And he plays to the very end. And that's a Philadelphia player. That's what Philadelphia fans scream for. But when they see Joel Embiid jogging down the court, throwing his hands up, making a mockery out of things, and kind of taking plays off, that's not the Philadelphia kind of guy. So, yes, Ben Simmons has to be the leader on this team. And I really think that he can be. I do. He has the pedigree. He has the background. He can definitely do it. And he needs to be for this team to succeed. I I didn't even think about it that way. The way that Ben Simmons embodies what Philly basketball is all about. You he know, does. when you think about and AI. Don't, they don't realize it. Yeah. When you think about the players that have come through, Dr. J, AI, even Charles Barkley in his time in Philly, Will, the different players that have come through the Sixers over the years in, through the organization, it's those those grinded out players that just work hard and, and just love playing the game. Not players that, like, unfortunately, with Joel Embiid we see that has Everybody around him, it's it's no it's no um, mistake why so many players around the league do not like Joel Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's not. That I mean, says a lot in itself. Absolutely. He's got a big mouth. I mean, yes. let's face it, right? He's a big trash. And listen, people don't mind trash talkers, but the problem no. is, right, the problem is the way he goes about it. And that's the biggest issue. Listen. You know, everybody got, you know, all hyped up when he, you know, he went after Carl Anthony Towns and they got that mm-hmm. scuffle. Guess what? That was the wrong thing to do. Your team needs you. You don't get suspended. That's not what you're, that's not what a leader does. So that's the difference between Joel and Ben, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, they always say in, in, in Philly, the constant talk is, would you trade if you had to trade one of them? Would you trade Ben or would you trade Joel? And it's nine, it's 10 out of 10 Joel every single time because I don't trust number one what he's going to be like next year, let alone how he's going to buy into this coach, the next coach, or even the next player that the Sixers bring in. Yeah, I mean, 13 minutes into the scrimmage against the Grizzlies, Joel Embiid is out, all right, hurt, calf tightness. Um, he has been talking all you know the past four and a half months of this. I'll call it an off season or the paused season about how much he's been training and he's been working mm-hmm. out six days a week and eating better and whatever else. And here we are back in the same, same old scripts, just a different day where he is still on the sidelines, not playing. And uh, it's just, it's the same old issues with Joel Embiid. You know, the first game for the Sixers is Saturday. He would have had over a week to rest between the Grizzlies scrimmage to Saturday. Do you think he'll be ready? You know, that's that's going to be very interesting, especially when we're talking about this eight-game, basically, play-in tournament. And, you know, the Sixers already being in the position that they are. They've always coddled their stars. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does not play in the first game. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because that's the M.O. of the Philadelphia 76ers. It's probably, number one, the worst medical staff in the NBA, if you ask me, bar none. And, you know, it's Joel. You know, it's Brett, Cottle, and Joel. So, I I think it's a 50-50 shot he plays. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say he doesn't play in the first game. Mm, and you know what? As a Philly sports fan, seeing the injuries that we have across all Philly sports, I've always wondered why is it that Philly's athletes, mm. the Eagles, the Sixers, cannot stay healthy? That's so that's crazy. another conversation for a whole other day <laughs> because there's a common theme here across Philly sports, injuries, injuries, yes, injuries. Absolutely. And I deal with it with the Eagles, <laughs> and I definitely see it with the Sixers. So you mentioned Brett Brown, though. What do you think needs to happen for Brett Brown to stay in Philly? Well, you know, Brett 
you know, you mentioned it earlier, you moved Brett to the four. I, you know, I, I mean, moved that Ben to the four, and that was one of the biggest Maybe Brett needs to move to the four, too, yeah, or well, out the yeah, door. Yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you there. I'll tell you that, you know. because For again, the door. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, l- 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 this team, in my opinion, has all the pieces to be the top team in the East. And if you as a coach have year after year, they should have never lost that game seven in Toronto. Everybody talks about that, Ooh, you know, they were yeah. destined with Kawhi with the double bounce. Guess what? Go back, watch the game. I tell people all the time, the final four minutes, the Sixers made so many mistakes. They made their, their mental aptitude in that game was horrendous. And that falls on the coach. That last shot should have never happened. That game should already be won. So that's the problem with Brett Brown. He, you know, he may be a great teacher. He may be, you know, a, a great philosopher. But when you talk about game day coaching, to me, he's just not that guy. So, you know, in order for him to stay next, year they have to go to the finals they have mm. to and if they do not go to the finals which i'll tell you what it's going to be a hard sell for me to bet on the sisters going to the finals when they got to go through milwaukee and they got to go through miami you know the, the, these are our teams that i thought in the beginning that we shouldn't even have to fear but we do and that to me that still falls on the coach yeah, great teams know how to make sure that they put the game away and you don't leave it up to chance. You don't leave it to that right. that final play that Kawhi Leonard hits that incredible sports Oof. history moment, historical moment yeah. of the four bounces for the finish. I mean, it just shouldn't even come down to that. And, you know, it is a question around Brett Brown's future, but even for the Sixers as a whole, if they're at, unable to make it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, something has to change and it's a matter of what is going to change. But this is it. The first of their eight games starts Saturday night versus the Pacers. Playoffs begin, you know, shortly after. We are just a couple weeks out from seeing how the Sixers are really, or not even a couple weeks out, I should say. We'll see from game number one. But, you know, to really have a full picture of if the Sixers are able to move forward with this group or if something has to change. You know, when you look across the the roster, players like Matisse, Tybal, who's leading the rookies in steals. You've got Ben Simmons. You've got two all-stars in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You have pieces like Tobias Harris and Al Horford, who, of course, hasn't shaken out the way he's supposed to be. But speaking of shake, you've got Shake Milton. You know, there's there's so many talented players across this roster. They should be a top team in the East, without a doubt. They should, and they they have a very deep bench for the first time in a long time when you're talking about a guy like Al Horford coming off the bench. I mean, it, Matisse Thibel, I mean, the, the kid is a player. He he is a player. You have Horford, you have Alex Burks, you have Glenn Robinson third. I mean, you you have you have Quirkmas who was shooting the lights out. You have mm-hmm. guys coming off the bench. And the one thing I will go back to say about Brett Brown, what I never understood is, for some reason, you could talk Jimmy Butler, we could talk Tobias Harris, we could talk Al Horford. How come Every player that we sign that comes here is less of a player once he's here and then better player when he leaves. And I never understood that. Brett Brown cannot get it to work. In order for the Sixers to win, I still think Tobias Harris, in my opinion, is the X factor of this playoff tournament for the Sixers. It's not Ben. It's not Joel. It's Tobias Harris because he is my Bradley Beal. That is a hot take there. Tobias Harris, in my opinion, has – underachieved and disappears a lot at times yes. you forget he's you forget he's out there uh, and coming does. in with his scoring ability he should be doing more but i'll do you one better 
It's the Philly sports curse. How many players have come through the Sixers organization specifically? Let's not even Ooh. talk about other sports. How many players have come through the Sixers organization and left as an all-star? Leaving became an all-star. Evan Turner. Oh, I'm, I'm not even saying just an all-star in the sense of actually making the all-star team. I'm talking either winning a championship, making, yep. becoming an all-star, or just having their career take off after the Sixers. Look Andre. at Andre, Andre Iguodala. Andre. Even Kyle Korver. Yep. I mean, the even players Jerry that Stackhouse. have come in. Even Jerry Stackhouse. Right? Even Jerry Stackhouse. If, I mean, if you really, if we really wrote out the names of players, yes. except for Allen Iverson, yeah, most players, God. when they left the Sixers, had their best career. Thank God for AI. It's all I have to say. <laughs> He's our saving grace. <laughs> Thank God for AI. Sheesh. The, that, that in itself could be a sports documentary because it's very real. When you look at players, yeah. and it's across Philly sports. It's not just the Sixers. It's the same thing in the Eagles. It's, it's across sports. Baseball, you name it. Players come into Philly. I don't know what happens. They'll be great. You get excited that they're coming to Philly. So either injuries, Markel Fultz. Oh. I mean, he's still. we still haven't seen what Markel oh. Fultz can do. But Markel Fultz, number one draft pick, came in. What happened? How many number one draft picks have the Sixers had that came in and completely underperformed or weren't even able to get on the floor for that matter? It is just the, the Philly sports curse that is talked about somewhat is real to an extent <laughs> well, we, we, it has to end because it's 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 frustrating the heck out of me and I, i'm not getting any younger so this curse <laughs> really needs to end really soon yes yes well tony thank you again for joining us here on locked on wizards it's been a pleasure having you to talk about everything from the nba restart teams and players to watch the sixers the wizards it all gets started again for for the sixers saturday so hopefully you know, you and other Sixers fans aren't yelling at the TV. And <laughs> I jokingly say it, but my dad is a diehard Sixers fan. I grew up in a Sixers household going nice. to games and everything. I was Team AI. Rocking, I love it. Yeah, Me rocking too. the jersey, rocking everything. And uh, still to this day, my dad still is yelling at the screen. I tell him to just give up and join my bandwagon <laughs> over in L.A., but he's... He's loyal to the, oh, no, <laughs> to no, the no, finish. No. He can't jump over to the King James territory. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to talk to him first. No way. Oh, man. So thank you again. Where can people continue to follow you? I know you were you shared your information yesterday, but for those that are tuning in today to Locked on Wizards, where can they follow you for more of your sports content across all of your many platforms that you work with? Uh, you can follow me at Tikatola23. That's my main account, uh, as well as at Heat Ratio Sports. That's for the Heat Ratio uh, podcast and at Fox Sports The Gambler and at PhillyInfluencer.com. You know, one of the things I love is when you host a show and you're so used to people asking you, where can you follow? <laughs> I, it becomes like robotic to the point where you can just say it forward and backwards, right? spell it out like without missing a beat. Like you said that so smooth and it always gets me. <laughs> Every time people ask me, I'm like, and play. You can follow me at blah, blah, blah. Like, exactly. Just <laughs> exactly. But, oh, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. It's been a pleasure having you as our first guest here on Locked on Wizards to discuss all the things that are going on around the NBA restart. And I am so happy to have had you here to break it down with me on Locked on Wizards. Uh, thanks again, Renee. It was an honor. I appreciate it. The Wizards have their first game of the restart Friday versus the Suns. The Sixers, their first of eight Saturday versus the Pacers. The excitement is here. NBA is back. I'm looking forward to another day of games. I hope you guys are too. And I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you right back here on Monday for another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. You're listening to the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back here Monday. Washington, out.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.